Hello to all our listeners and welcome back to another episode of MedShield Movement Connect Show. So we've got, I mean, he's a legend in the studio today, an ex-Springbok player, the CEO of the South African Rugby Legends Association, a man who honestly shouldn't need an introduction, but I'm going to because I feel like if I upset him, he might eat me. He's the biggest 40-year-old I know, Stefan Tablanche. Get ready to know what you don't know about being body brilliant. This is the MedShield Movement Connect Show, where we connect the dots between fitness, health, wellness, nutrition, and of course you. Hosted by me, Dr. Fezim Kize, and a special guest that we have every month, sharing knowledge, insights, and groundbreaking tips on how to get fitter, be stronger, and live healthier. Turn up the volume and listen close. Today you amplify. It's the MedShield Movement Connect Show. Let's go. Steph, I'm so happy to have you on the show. And I mean, it's not the first time we've met each other. We did that men's health seminar where we started to break down some of the, the health issues that a lot of men actually were facing. But I feel like I didn't get to pry your mind. So welcome here. This is my domain and I get to pick at your mind today. Thanks, Faze. Great to be here. Uh, always good to share a bit of knowledge. It's more, I would say it's more experience than knowledge. Uh, when I studied for four years to become a teacher of physical education. Funny mm-hmm. that. Uh, and then you know, turned, uh, turned to become a professional rugby player. And then been coached by the best coaches, fitness trainers, conditioners in the last well eighteen years of my career, and now I'm starting to to do that myself and and helping younger people to just to to experience and find the love for sport. And I love that you say it is about the experiences that you've had um, because you have had an illustrious career, and I'm talking about even the rugby side of it and the transition that you've also made, but. I wanted to ask you, some people say that they go into a sport because they fit into it. So you have basketball players might be very tall. You have some Springboks who are quite beefy guys. Did you always love rugby or did you just find that you had that constitution to be able to play at that higher level? I think it's a good, very, very good question. Uh, I grew up in a small little town of Swalandam and they, because you only had 100 boys and to fill up the teams on the weekends, you had to play every single sport. In the summer, it was athletics, tug of war, tennis, swimming, cricket. Well, everything. Was in tug of war. <laughs> professionals were tug of war. Uh, and in the winter, it was rugby. So I loved, I loved all sports. Uh, I think we often make the mistakes, and it's been scientifically proven, tested, and you know, research have shown that if you specialize too early in a particular sport, the chances are that you won't succeed and you won't reach the top. So that if you look at all top sportsmen across the world, most of them from a young age played all sorts of all different type of sports. So, answering your question, was I always you know bold for rugby? Was I always that it was the sport that I loved the most? Yeah. It, you know, I, I loved athletics in summer. I thought gave me an excellent fitness base for speed and agility uh, going into rugby season. And then, Standard backline. Uh, exactly, uh, the backline. I was so happy that my parents <laughs> created me as a back and not a forward. You know? <laughs> I, I still, to this day, uh, we got offices at Kings Park Rugby Stadium. So I drive in there in the morning, uh, obviously not during COVID, but in a normal year, and the boys are back training now and I see the forwards doing driving lineouts and malls and scrums and I just go on my knees and just say thank you mom and dad for you know for not making me a forward the clanging and banging I feel like it does take its toll on the body but as much as you were in the back line you still did take some knocks and in this day and age and you would know because you keep up with with the research we know a lot more about longevity and kind of keeping the body at a peak for longer periods but in the time you played that research wasn't always readily available and we didn't have as much of it 
but you still had such a long career, almost 15 years. What was it that you used to do that used to keep you in that peak condition to be able to play? Pace is so right. I mean, you can you can prepare yourself as best as possible as a as a any sportsman as a rugby player. In my case, you know, always fit, always trying straight strong. But you know, there are bumps and bruises. There are serious injuries. It's part and parcel of a professional game of, of rugby. I was very fortunate to you know, apart from a hamstring here or there, a few stitches in the head, concussion once or twice. The only thing I really had rugby throw a head concussion once or twice. The only real serious injury that I had was six weeks. I was out for six weeks and I broke a little bro- uh, bone in my foot while I was playing for the Ospreys in Wales. Uh, as you said, research it's it's changing all the time. It shows us that you know different areas. When we started training, fitness was a big thing, but it was long endurance running. We had to do the three k time yeah. trial, and it'd take you like I don't know how long to finish that as quickly as you can. But for the forwards, it still took them half a day just to finish the three k's, <laughs> while the backs were already showered and ready to go out. But now it's all faster. It's scientifically tested. You know, there's tracking GPS tracking on the players. They run during training, and then all of a sudden, the fitness coach will just pull them off the field and say, "Well, you've run enough. You've done your two and a half case for the yeah. session plan so I mean I, I'm all for that it will evolve it will change all the time my big thing is and people always laughed at me and they could never understand while I was playing rugby I was always sleeping and now it's shown it's just I know always recovering I was even recovering before I had to recover it was always always sleeping I mean my digs mate Justin Swart he came from Western Province also Springbok and played for the Sharks he could never understand how I could sleep that much but I promise you right now, that is the one thing that kept me on a field, kept me injury-free, fairly injury-free mm-hmm. in a very you know injury-prone uh, a, a sport like, like rugby. And I, I could keep going for forever and ever. I was very fortunate that injury stayed away. But I, I promise you right now, it's just been shown. Yeah. Uh, you know, we've done the research that the base and the pyramid, we often start with training and supplements yeah. and recovery, uh, like wearing tight pants and those compression socks Commission. and all that. The three basics right at the base of this pyramid of, of longevity is firstly your sleep, your nutrition, and managing stress. That's what you have to do. If you get that right, I mean, you can you can train as hard as you want. You can, you know, recover and sit in ice baths as often and as much as you like. If you don't get the base right with your nutrition, sleep, and managing your stress, you you'll never you'll never get to the top. And I was lucky whether I was you know at the head of my time or was just <laughs> <laughs> or just a guy who liked to sleep. It was intuitive. It was intuitive. <laughs> but body. Uh, honestly, the, the sleeping kept me on the field and and kept me well recovered. And. I love that you you talk about this from such a knowledgeable standpoint because I can clearly tell like there's this passion that you have um, for optimizing the human body. I've spoken to some athletes who have retired and they've kind of moved to another phase of their life because people almost think like you ride off into the sunset and it's like this movie where, okay, that's the end of the movie. And it's like, no, you still have many decades to live. When you were coming to that point where you're like, okay, this is the chapter that we're going to close, and we're still waiting on that book, by the way. <clears throat> we're closing this chapter. I told you, no one will believe me when I write, when I write that book. <laughs> That's the title of the book, by the way. I predicted it on the show. Um, what was that transition period like? What was your, your mindset? Because clearly, even sitting here today, at 45, you are still in incredibly good shape. You were able to do so many things in terms of competing. What was your mentality where you're like, okay, this is the chapter closed. How are you transitioning and your nutrition, everything else shifting in life? 
and not an easy transition to make at all. You can prepare yourself as best as you can. Firstly, riding into the sunset. People often think that when you retire as a professional rugby player, you don't have to work a day in your life. I mean, there's nothing further from the truth. I mean, there are probably a few guys who will be retiring in the next five or ten years. Maybe they will have enough money if invested and if looked after well while they were playing. That could possibly do that. But in my era, certainly not. Remember, I studied four years for a teacher. I played a little bit of rugby for Bulan, a small province in that time. Bulan Cavaliers. Yeah, yeah but they weren't called the Cavaliers when I started. They were called Bulan when I started. It was like trained twice a week. You know, the week the week before the season's about to start, you would see, get the local newspaper, De Burger, and you would go to the back page and see if you're in the squad for the year. I mean, the season's about to kick off in two weeks' time and you haven't done a stitch of training. So He's <laughs> improving that he's 45, by the so, way. Uh, so that was a, a amateur era, which was great, and I would never change a, a thing. But, I mean, riding into that sunset, it is, it is a daunting prospect for any professional play you, you speak to all the guys I had I hosted similar something like we're doing here today with mm-hmm. Brian Abana and John Nevilliers two very successful Springboks two very successful yeah. businessmen but they will tell you that that transition era, era uh, that transition period is 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 very unsettling mm-hmm. it's very tough it's a roller coaster you're not quite sure where you fit in I just remember this so like for 15 18 years I played so say 15 of that 18 years 14 of 18 years was fully professional I mean I would wake up on a Monday morning I would have my program for the year I knew exactly what I'm for the week I would know exactly on a Monday afternoon at 2 o'clock I'm going to be having a massage 3 o'clock I'll be training on the field yeah. 5 o'clock I'll be eating 9 o'clock I'll be sleeping so you do that for 15 years all of a sudden you now you get a contract one month you earn 100,000 rand December your contract's the end that's the end of your career from January, you're all by yourself in this big wide world, the real world, as I like to call it. And all of a sudden, it's like, boom, everything hits you, shoo. But you're always in the back of your mind. In my last four or five years, I knew I still got a bit of longevity. I knew I could still play. But you start thinking about, you know, it's just playing in the back of your mind. What am I going to do? How am I going to settle? Am I going to go back to teaching? You know, I bought a property. Will that bring enough money? What am I going to do when my income stops? You know, who's going to pay my medical aid? Look, if I want a driver's license, the lady at the shop used to do it. My passport, who's going to change it? It's like, oh, my world, the whole world's falling apart. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, those are the people, I look at, I look at my mates and, you know, I studied with them and then they started getting into a job. I went on to play rugby. Yes, you might you might uh, save a bit of money. But when you're at the age of 33, 35, 37 in my case when, case when you're retired, if you haven't looked after yourself, you're almost unemployable. You think about it. You're mm-hmm. a 37-year-old. Uh, you've studied 15 years ago. You're not yeah. going to go into teaching. Uh, yeah, you maybe, as I said, you maybe got a name as a rugby player but that means absolutely nothing in a big mm-hmm. business world so that transition area is really hard players find it tough in my case i was very fortunate in, in, in two instances my my body was still in one piece i didn't have to retire because i wasn't offered a contract or i had an injury so yeah. i was very fortunate that i sort of retired on my terms I think a lot of players don't and mm. for, for obvious reasons we all try and hang on for sometimes hang on for too long you want to play longer you want to get another contract you know the coach says no well you're too old now I'm not going to contract you and, and some of the guys are bitter because you know rugby means so much to them all of a sudden you're thrown it's into away, yeah, yeah it's taken away from you 100% yeah. and, and some players don't necessarily deal with that and they are better going into into their careers and 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 now trying to find their feet in the real world i was fortunate 
in that case that I was 37, body was in one piece, uh, I played at Ulster in Belfast, Northern Ireland, and that was the end for me. I, did, I could have played longer, but I was in a happy, happy place. The reason I started playing rugby when I was a six-year-old, small little dusty fields of Albertina, uh, playing a kicking a plastic we had that uh, like a plastic super springbok rugby ball you kick that thing until your feet were like the blood was coming through but I mean you could not stop kicking that and that's the enjoyment that I had as a six-year-old when I played my last game at Twickenham we lost in a Heineken Cup final against Leinster uh, Brian O'Driscoll uh, Darcy uh, Rob Kearney they were just too good for us in a day but when I when when I stopped that day I knew I was in a happy space yes we lost but you know that's why I wanted to play rugby is for that enjoyment and I was happy to retire on that terms I feel like you've you've pretty much taken me down a, a very long but abbreviated memory lane and I love the passion that you still have just in terms of of excellence and fulfilling yourself for me I know that you are CEO of the SA um, Rugby Legends Association. You guys do amazing work, especially with the VUGA campaign, kind of making sure that you're getting those people from the grassroots assisting with what we all talk about in terms of transformation. But you also train. If anybody goes into your Instagram, I'll see you there on the rower. We were talking about the fact that you've just gotten the salt bike and you're looking at you right now. You look like you're in peak kind of physical conditioning. And because our show tries to connect dots, as to how somebody who is this busy, as much as you had the background, is this busy, who is at 45 years old, probably has a biological body kind of date, far younger than that. How do you juggle all of it? And still, furthermore, mentally, how do you fortify yourself? Because you are a very smart man. You are very knowledgeable and you do so much. So what does your routine look like to allow that to happen? That's a good question. I think it's, I love routine. But when you, you know, as a CEO of SRAC Legends, you do travel, you do mm-hmm. get out of routine, whether it's overseas, local, people want to have a few drinks at night and there's always someone else who, when you're traveling and when you're busy with the business people, they want, wants to be and, and have a good time. And, and that's also, there's a good balance in life and you need that. I love routine. Uh, people often say, where do you get the time? And then I say, well, if you want something done, give it to a busy person because then at least, you know, when you've got nothing to do, you, you've got to keep on doing nothing. That's yeah. unfortunately yeah, the that's case. True. And that's I true. always find the hardest. I, I've got a few people training at home now with me and they always say the hardest and, and for me as well, even if I take a two-week break or whatever break I have during the you know during my career, I had to have, had to have breaks because sure. resting is also very important. You just keep fall asleep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so my wife gets so annoyed. Because I would fly somewhere and I said, wake me up when the food comes in. And she's a small little girl. She can't get comfortable. And there's big knees living fast out. <laughs> it's like, wake me up when the food comes. So she gets so annoyed. But I can literally sleep on a park bench. <laughs> it is it is like that. So, yeah, it's just, you know, I make the time. I like routine. You know, I have to get up a bit earlier. Just for me, just after training even if it's half an hour people always think that if you want to train you must spend hours and hours and that's so not the case unless you're training for a comrades or a cape epic or or an iron man like you did iron man or endurance race which by the way is over for me now <laughs> i've worked out it took me a while i'm not that smart am i that uh, i'm more a sprinter faster quick intense Get my body done. can still react well to that i recover a whole lot quicker i'm not that tired but people often think that you have to spend hours and hours out in the training field or running or cycling you don't i mean you can within half an hour 20 minutes a day you can keep fit you can keep healthy and you can have a pretty good physical appearance and build because a lot of people train because they want to look and feel good and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that i mean it makes you feel good that's what 
makes me tick. I mean, my wife, again, Jackie says, just sometimes when I don't train, she just get out the house, go and do a run or get on your bike or something because you're starting to irritate me. I can see you haven't trained for two days. So it's just, you know, it's just, I think for me, it's, it's a lifestyle. It's not, funny enough, I always say that I enjoy the training part while I was playing. I mean, I, I always loved the fitness and the, the tough stuff, you know, even Kamstaldrat. And, you know, I don't know if you ever heard about Kamstaldrat with Rudolf's story, but I don't know if we should talk about it, but it's, it's funny now looking back. But, you know, I enjoy the physical challenge yeah. and the hard part of, of getting fit. And for me, it was, it was, for me, it was more than just sport. It was a lifestyle. And I just took on, after retirement, continued with the lifestyle of healthy, you know, eating, you know, just breathing and, just have a passion for for staying fit and healthy. Listen, I feel like whenever I listen to you, and especially because this is the second time you've spoken about this, you hit the exact points I always tell people. With everything that goes on in your life, give it to the busy person. You'll be able to simplify and kind of get to the core of things. And yeah, I'm always inspired by you, Steph. You are an incredible human, but you came in here with a golf bag and we're about to wrap this up. You're a man who enjoys sport. You're a man who appreciates greatness. I can't let you leave without telling me your three across all sporting disciplines, greatest of all times. And you can't think too long. First one, GOAT, greatest of all time, athlete. Athlete, sure. Uh, I read his book, 1998, Michael Johnson. Okay, Michael Johnson. Yeah. Which sport? The second, all sports. Uh, so so okay. across the board, the Michael ones Johnson, you think Roger Federer, his okay, longevity in the sport. I just, you know, I just appreciate that so much because I also played till an older age and Roger mm-hmm. Federer. But you know why he's so successful? At the age of 32, he couldn't win a tournament. He couldn't win a game. You know what he did? He changed his sleeping patterns. <laughs> I kid you not. And he's still competing through this day. What, 23 Grand Slams or whatever the number is? Let's change your book to <laughs> how you sleep your way to excellence. <laughs> there we go. And the third one. To bring uh, us home. Yo, I... Uh, greatest. One of the greatest. I've, you've, I've got to have... Appreciate the guy like Richie McCaw. I know in South okay. Africans we love to hate him wow. because he's so damn wow. good. That's the wow. case. But this... I mean, 148 test matches for the All Blacks, a winning ratio, which will put the All Blacks not only as a best rugby team in the world in that era for 10 years, number one in the world, it also puts them as one of the best the best sporting team across all sporting codes in the world that those big american sports from baseball yeah. basketball yeah. the dream yeah. team that america had all blacks i mean richie mccall was the leader of that group and incredible human being humble tough as they come we often see him not not uh, there are very few games that i can mm. count and probably single-handedly didn't have stitches or blood or anything <laughs> right rightly up. so because he was always on the wrong side but he got away with it but incredible human and incredible competitor this is the problem with you, Stefan, is that you are too smart. You're a man who looks at things rationally. And I mean, fair enough. He is an incredible athlete and probably one of the greatest who will ever do it. But I mean, he's from all blacks. We're not going to count that. So you gave me two, two reasonable ones. The third one, I'll put an asterisk on. messed it up. He was a good man. Hey, you got a feel for them now. They're number three in the world. They're falling, falling rapidly. And they, I love uh, it. It's almost that nation is in mourning after they lost to yeah. Argentina for the first time ever but great competitors great people uh, and tough on the rugby field I mean they're going to rise they have an incredible culture there and to be honest with you coming from you you already know the culture will breed so much more when it comes to athletes in the future thank you so much Stefan we could honestly sit here and talk with you 
for hours. You are a wealth of knowledge, not just in a specific sport, but across the ball. Um, I'm probably going to get tips from you about kind of corporate and how to get money out of people because you're doing so well with SA Legends, uh, Rugby Legends, actually. You make sure they know it is rugby. Guys, thank you so much for connecting with us again. This has been a stellar episode. I told you it was going to be amazing and he never disappoints. I mean, I'm going to have him on here again. We're going to get more out of him to show you guys how to live better. So that's it from me, Dr. Fez and the MedShield Movement Connect show. Catch you next time.